Greetings, dear listener, and welcome to Natural 20-somethings, an audio program detailing and discussing the danger, depth, difficulties, diversions, dice, decadence, and drama of D&D. We're ever so pleased you're here. Hello and welcome to Natural 20-somethings. I'm Olivia. And I'm Laurel. So this week we wanted to do something a little special because it is our 10th episode, which is kind of crazy. That fanfare was for you, listeners. (laughs) But we wanted to sort of celebrate our 10th episode in a way and uh, talk about something that we both have been really wanting to talk about for ages, and that's what makes a good story versus what makes a good game. The oodles of D&D actual play content out there tells us that it is a valid and beloved storytelling medium, but it's also a game and finding that balance can be really tricky sometimes. So, as always from the DM's guide, fundamentally adventures are stories. An adventure shares many of the features of a novel, a movie, an issue of a comic, or an episode of a TV show. Creating an adventure involves blending scenes of exploration, social interactions, and combat into a unified whole that meets the needs of your players and your campaign. But it's more than that. The basic elements of good storytelling should guide you through this process, so your players experience the adventure as a story, and not as a disjointed series of encounters. Okay, so... DM's Guide has a stance on this, but what is your take on this? What makes D&D such a compelling storytelling medium? For me, I think part of what I love the most about D&D as a storytelling medium is that it, it combines a lot of, like, my favorite things. One of which is improv. <laughs> like, I, I love, and not, like, shitty white guy in the comedy club improv, because that that shit sucks but like improv among friends and people who find each other funny and just like have a good rapport I really enjoy uh so there's that aspect to it and I love how collaborative it is like I I genuinely enjoy being able to sit down and create with other people in a way that feels very meaningful like when when everybody's bought into this world and this story and their characters and the NPCs and like the conflict that's going on and everyone is there and present and like into it there is like a synergy there that you don't get anywhere else and I think that that's part of what makes it so compelling for me is it's like it's not just my story it's a story that belongs to me and to everyone else at the table and there is something so special about creating with other people that you just don't get anywhere else that was fucking beautiful (laughs) why thank you that's it cut we're done (laughs) very short 10th episode yep congrats happy celebration (laughs) I I completely agree with everything you're saying. And for me, the improv, it doesn't, you know, scream like improv TM to me. And I think that's because I went to one too many college improv shows because a friend of mine was in one. (laughs) So you're talking to a a born and bred theater kid here, man. I feel your pain. But I think for me, what I love about D&D is, yes, the collaborative aspect of it, but I love particularly the collaborative world building that goes on like that's specifically what I really enjoy like I love sitting there with people immersed in it again like what you said exactly buying into this story like you all agree when you sit down at the table to buy into it and that makes a world of difference but you also get to sort of goof around and have fun with your friends and in doing so make 
a whole different world. Like, you know, best example would be Fantasy Costco from (laughs) Adventure Zone. Like, that's sort of like my favorite aspects, the part where you're just like joking around and then then you're just like, wait, that could actually work. Like... (laughs) Oh, yeah, 100%. Thinking about it from a standpoint of um, live play shows and, like, watching other people play D&D, I think there there is something fun about this, like, people who have bought into a world and get to affect it. It's it's the classic, like, acting is reacting, you know? Like, you are, it, it is perfectly set up for that, the way that the game is built, where, you know, the DM presents a scenario and the players react to it and say what they want to do, and then the dice determine how well that succeeds, and you respond to those dice roles like it, it is just it is a perfectly built little machine for moving things forward assuming that you choose to act it's like it's its own collection of writing prompts yes it is exactly like that a book of D writing prompts and you know they have all these things you know if you look at any like combat writer's block they they tell you to introduce chance into the story to you know move things along if you're stuck use chance but that is built into the game already which I think is very cool yeah absolutely so sort of in that vein I think we should move on to our next question which is what aspects of uh quote-unquote traditional uh storytelling might not work for the game (laughs) um for me my immediate thought goes to this idea of like total control via the dm Mm -hmm. where and we talked about this in the failure episode as well a little bit i think with like if things have to happen a certain way and you know certain people have to survive or certain doors have to be opened or like certain people have to die in order for the plot to progress it's not fun it's not fun as a player to have that agency taken away from me i don't i don't enjoy that like I do not enjoy being in a situation where it's like, well, it didn't matter anything that I said or did in that situation because no matter what I said or did, the DM would have determined the outcome of that scenario to be exactly what they wanted it to be. I don't I don't care for that. <laughs> no, exactly. There are bits and pieces of, you know, traditional fantasy storytelling that obviously work very well for D&D and is part of the buy-in. Like, I I think, you know, at some level, we all agree to a certain kind of plot before we go in, if that makes sense. Like, we agree to a genre, and that aligns itself very well with a lot of writing. But I think, too, thinking about, again, the collaborative aspect of it, that is absolutely key. And you couldn't have it in really any other setting except a structured game, I don't think. I think another thing, too, for me that I've thought of is, is this idea of... And this is a difficult thing to balance genuinely as a DM because at least the way that I function as a DM is I will be inspired by like a particular franchise or a setting or something that I'm like, ooh, I want to do D&D in this world or with this conflict. And you have to figure out a way to bring your players into that to give them a genuine stake in what's going on. I do not like playing in campaigns and do not like listening to campaigns played where it doesn't really matter if the player characters get involved in the conflict at all. Like, if if what is happening is happening entirely off-screen without any input from these players or the player characters, and their characters have to, like, force themselves to buy into the thing, I don't like that. Because, like, you, you never... You don't read Harry Potter and be like, ah, yeah, 
all of that shit could have happened without Harry and Ron and Hermione. Like, it couldn't. It wouldn't have. And therefore, I think it's the same. Like, you need to treat your player characters like heroes. Like, they are the stars of the show. And if they're not, then you need to restructure whatever you're doing in order to make them the heroes. Because if, if the hero is someone else, if this is a world that exists independent of them and it doesn't react or respond to them in a meaningful way, eh, write a book like if if you need to control everything that happens and you are not open and not even just open to I don't even think it's just open to I think that you have to want players to come in and bring whatever they're going to bring to the table and fuck up whatever they're going to fuck up and change your plans as many times as they possibly can because that is the beauty of D&D if you don't want that if you're like trying to mitigate that I think that that makes it a lot less fun for players as a game I absolutely agree with everything you're saying. It's almost like what Friends is something. Oh my god, it's almost like that. It's almost like we started talking about D&D so long that we made a podcast. <laughs> I, I, I think that's a really important point to make where, you know, your players are the main characters. I, I don't think they have to be the centerpiece of your world in order to be the main characters. But the fact is you are DMing for players and they are in this to have fun. So like even if they want to come into this game being like, I don't want to be a main character. I want to just be like some guy who gets like swept up into like, got to go hunt goblins again, you know, or something like that. That's a buy-in, but they are still the main characters. And that's what makes that so interesting, that, that sort of flip. And I totally agree about the like you should want your players to mess up your world you should have your world set up with as many dominoes as possible and those dominoes should be able to go off in any which way and it'll make something completely different than you were expecting and I think that's what makes the best campaigns I agree and I I think like speaking from personal experience like having run a campaign that I wrote for multiple different groups of people nobody ever came into it the same way and the first time I ran it I was like like don't go over there don't do this don't stop like I was like really concerned I never tried to control them but I was really nervous and like unsettled the entire time and then by by the final time I got there I was like do whatever you want kill whoever you want like (laughs) I don't care what you do destroy my world if you want to and it was in embracing that that I found a lot of satisfaction in that storytelling like I I will never run that campaign again because the perfect story has been told in that area and I I'm like I'm satisfied (laughs) I don't I don't need that anymore but it's because I welcomed those changes and those you know dominoes falling like please tip over the dominoes I I love that and I don't remember if you said this on the podcast or we were just talking because it all blurs together at some point (laughs) but I remember you saying something about the fact that like the way that you dm it ends up being that the story couldn't have happened any other way once you get to the end of it which is such a fascinating take for a game full of chance a hundred percent I think I think that because it's a game and because people are responding to it in real time and genuinely you have no way to predict what your players are going to do you you straight up can't do it it's not possible and so I just had to stop trying like I will go into an encounter being like here's what someone is trying to accomplish like here is what my antagonist is trying to accomplish and the players can go about 
stopping them from doing this thing however they want, and I will just respond to whatever the players give me. I have stopped planning outcomes to anything. And what that allows me to do is, like, while I do have this sort of, like, overarching plot or overarching goal or conflict or, like, we're leading somewhere to some big, like, show-stopping set-piece what-have-you-save-the-world-moment... And we're always going there, but the path that we take to get there, I'm like, whatever way you guys want to go. Like, I'll lead you, and you can follow, or you can lead, and I will follow. Like, I will honor whatever you want to bring to the table. And I think that that's that's what makes D&D so compelling to me, is that it's like, this story could go any other way, but the way that it goes is always the right way, but it's completely up to chance, and I, I love that. The way that you're speaking about this makes me really think about the way that we approach D&D, and it's not plot-based, which is interesting. I think the way we approach D&D, and you particularly as a DM, is character-based. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that, that whole thing where it's like a good plot can't carry bad characters, but good characters can carry a bad plot. I think that holds true for D&D. And I think that's doubly true for D&D in certain ways. And not to say that there's going to be a bad plot in D&D, because if you're having fun and you enjoy your characters, like that's a good plot, (laughs) frankly. But with the advantage of having like fully realized actual people with you sitting at that table with you being the main characters for themselves the story writes itself because those characters are reacting to the situation you put before them there are other characters like the npcs that you have make decisions but the pcs are the ones who run the show and run the plot they are the engine to the plot because if you have your character if you have your antagonist in the background and you know what their goal is it's never going to mess up your world it's just going to make a different story mhm absolutely and i think D&D in that sense holds a a unique appeal for me as a storyteller as a medium because I'm I am a very character forward storyteller like in in anything that I create it is characters first I love characters that is my favorite part of writing and because you have like all all a player has is their character like that's all they get but it, there's so much there there's so much depth there's so many abilities and there's so many different like and they are a fully realized person there to respond to you and your world and I think I think that is part of why I like it so much is that it's like characters like it that that is I would argue maybe like 80% of the game if not more than that I think it's interesting to talk about that in the perspective of say balancing encounters or like like it said in the dm's guide that we quoted earlier you know like making sure that there's enough like role play versus combat you know we tend to divide DD into these sort of distinct categories and yes they have their own flavor but frankly i love them all because they are all opportunities to explore different aspects of my character and i think too it's not to say that combat can't be story focused like if your encounters aren't meaningful to the story or like they hold absolutely no weight whatsoever i i don't i don't want to run an encounter just to run an encounter like i want i want them to have weight i want it to matter whether or not my characters succeed and if they fail like i want there to be consequences for that and if they succeed i want to feel that success like i think that you can you can run like D is a series of disjointed encounters if you want to and if you enjoy that do it i don't care 
but it's like it's not for me like i i want there to be a story inherent in my game and i think that combat um can lend itself to that in a very interesting way i agree completely and the best combats in my opinion are the ones that have something else going on you're not just fighting a big bad you're trying to keep them from pressing a button that will sink a temple or what have you so We've already touched on this, obviously, but how do we tell a good story and play a good game? I think, honestly, playing a good game comes down to making sure that everyone at your table is having fun, regardless of what that entails. For me as a starting DM, like I did not like running combat encounters. I was really intimidated by them. I, I hated them a lot and I avoided them like the plague. And my players loved combat. They were sluts for combat. And I, I had to introduce more of that to keep everybody happy. And as time has gone on, I have come to really enjoy designing combat encounters that are challenging and have these other aspects to them and fit into the plot in a meaningful way like I, I I love designing combat for high level characters because it's it's a unique challenge and I think that as long as you are delivering what your players want to have delivered to them in terms of gameplay if they are a role play group of people give them role play if they're a combat group of people give them combat if they like puzzles give them puzzles that will make a good game in terms of telling a good story I think that you have to let everybody have their say and have their hero moment and have an effect on the direction that things go. I genuinely think that the best endings are the one that it's like, you you never would have seen this coming from session one, but then you look back down this like trail that you followed and you're like, damn, that was great. Like, I, I love the way that all of this shook out. I think that that to me is a very satisfying moment. Yes, I think that should be, that's the end goal for any of the campaigns I have like I'm there for character development and that might be a little weird (laughs) not everybody's there for that but yeah no I love that I love character development me too I'm like here's this bastard let's change him (laughs) yeah (laughs) what what arc will he experience I'm like here's somebody with deep deep emotional issues let's make it worse therapy time but therapy through exposure to very dangerous deadly situations <laughs> i mean i just i wish i could fight my demons with a sword same what i literally did for one of my characters is great he was a pit fiend beautiful <laughs> one of the interesting things about this though as you were speaking i was thinking about this like we sort of split between a good story and a good game I think that split can also be called a, you know, can be a DM player split. And I don't want to take this too far because I think it gets into something dangerous where, you know, it's just like the DM pitted against the players. But I think thinking about, you know, the DM has plot and that can be, you know, something vague or something very specific in mind. And the game at its fundamental level will introduce chaos and chance. Your players are there to introduce chaos into that plot and change it. And so, surprise, surprise, it's all about communication again. Coming into the game with the understanding of what kind of a game you're going to be playing. Because it will be a game regardless, but whether that's story forward or chance forward is a little different. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that 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 plays into, you know, is this a good type of this story and is this a good type of this game? Like, as long as everyone is enjoying both sides of that, you're golden. Like, no one is observing you. We've said this many times and we will say it many times in the future. Like, this is for you. It's for you and your friends to enjoy. And as long as you are enjoying yourselves, that's a good story. That's a good game. 
full stop. And I, I also want to be clear as well. The DM is a player at the table. They should also be having fun. Oh, absolutely. I cannot, I cannot agree with that more. Like, if your DM is not having fun, consider what you are doing as players. <laughs> and if you are not having fun as a DM, consider what you are doing as a DM that is harming your experience at the table. Well, and I, I think that's why you talking about your experience as a DM, as growing into liking DMing, is really important to talk about. And that's something that I have experienced on a different level as well. Like, I've decided that I really like modules. That will probably be most of what I run these days if I run a game. I really enjoy being a player. I enjoy being able to just show up at the table and be like, this is my character. I can just focus on this one thing. I know them and I know how they will react to things. So let's figure that out. And I think the really fun part of it too about that improv thing, there's, again, you're not performing for anyone. You don't, that pressure is off to immediately come up with a solution. It's okay to pause and be like, let me think about what I want my character to do. And that I think also brings in aspects of writing that I really enjoy. The reason I love writing, why, you know, I won't ever be a performer is because I like being able to pause and think and really get into that. That's where I find my enjoyment and D&D lets me do that that's beautiful mm-hmm. a plus i think as a, as a sort of like final thought from me on good story versus good game and not even versus but like good story and good game together in one me as a dm i i genuinely had to grow into a level of comfort with doing that like i i i hated it with a fiery burning passion for a long time and had completely sworn it off and that was born out of my desire to completely control the story. I was like, I don't care what the characters do. Uh, this is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to go. And um, everybody left that table feeling completely dissatisfied <laughs> with everything that had happened throughout that entire campaign. And so it was like, it wasn't a good story and it wasn't a good game. Like no one, no one had fun and nobody enjoyed what we got out of it at the end of the day. And so I think being ready and like excited about relinquishing that control and seeing where the dice and your players take you is what makes it such a good story and also what makes it such a good game. I love that. Scene. Whether you want it or not, some unsolicited advice. For unsolicited advice today, we have the the wonderful and stimulating question which ties into some of our last conversation quite well. Huzzah! Here's the question. (laughs) How can DMs run engaging combat encounters? I, as a DM, don't know how to do that. But (laughs) as a player, I know what I like. (laughs) Tell me what you like, Olivia. I really like when combat has something else going on. I mean, I am a damage monkey. I am a damage slut. We know this. I am I am the aforementioned combat slut. I fucking love combat. <laughs> <laughs> with vim and vigor. If you let me hit a creature and like with my like three attacks as a fighter, yes, I play a fighter. Don't at me. They're amazing. And I get over 100 damage in a round. I'm like, this high will last me like a week. Like, <laughs> but... The ones that are really engaging that you're not just like, especially if you're at a large table, are the ones where you're constantly having to think about, like, it's almost like a puzzle in itself. Like, I don't like traditional 
D&D puzzles, but combat as a puzzle, mm, so good. I do I do love a combat puzzle. I will say this. I, one, agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, when I first started playing out D&D, I was playing at a table with a DM who had been DMing for, oh, God, like, I want to say 10 years at that point. Like, he had been playing D&D since he was a kid and was just, like, the forever DM of of his table because of how good he was at it and he would run these absolutely mind-blowing like enormous scale so engaging the environment was like always a factor in what was going on just these combat encounters like blew my mind and I didn't really understand the mechanics behind it and how much was going on for a long time and then the more I picked up the more I was like oh my god how does he do this like I genuinely had no idea it was like you're in a room and there's like cobwebs and dust and shit everywhere and then somebody lights off a fireball spell and now there's flaming cobwebs landing on all of our heads and like we have to dodge those that's so cool like I I love that type of thing. But when I first started DMing, it was like, oh, I can't do that. Like, I was, it was so scary. And the most I could do was be like, here are two spiders. Fight them. Like, that was as much as I could handle. And that, it's, it's okay. I think, I think you, if you are new to DMing or you don't like DMing combat, like, that's okay. And unfortunately, speaking from experience, the only way to get better at it is to do it. So, you know, start small and work your way up. But I, as I said earlier, have really developed a love for, like, designing combat encounters for high-level characters. Like, you have a group of level 17 characters. Like, you you can't kill them. Like, they're too powerful for you. Like, you, you'll be lucky if you knock them unconscious. Like, they, they just have so much strength and so many hit points and, like, are, are very skilled players at that point, too, that it's like, you have to give them something more to do than just, like, fight the dragon. Um, I, I really genuinely enjoy putting stakes in that are things that the characters are trying to prevent from happening or trying to make happen that the, like, enemies are trying to prevent from happening. I think having this little game of, like, cat and mouse of, like, there's a goal here and it's very clear and the combat encounter is based around completing or foiling that goal is a lot of fun. Yes, and I fully, fully, fully agree with the start small. Do not, this was my mistake when I first tried DMing. I I went too big. I think that's honestly everybody's mistake when they first start DMing. (laughs) But with combat, it's especially important because you kind of got to ease into it. It's a muscle you have to build up. So having it be simple is fine. It gives the characters a chance to know what they do and it gives you a chance to figure out how they play. The more you know your characters and your players, the easier that'll be because you can figure out what motivates them. It it all comes back to motivation and character. It really does. It really does. I think having variety is important as well. I think, like, sometimes it is fun to just, like, fight the one big thing and that's what you have to deal with. And sometimes it's fun to have, like, you know, here is a horde of, you know, undead ghouls and you have, like, 20 or more enemies on the board that you have to deal with at one time. Like, that presents a different kind of challenge. I I had a really interesting combat encounter, and this was in Curse of Strahd, and I won't explain any of the context surrounding it because it would take too long, but we were fighting, like, a full-on, like, large-scale battle. Um, This was, like, military tactics. We had maybe 100 or 150 people that we were ostensibly controlling, and we were fighting a force like five times the size of that. And so that combat encounter did not go like a regular combat encounter would. 
but it also it did like it was really fun to sort of like zoom out to this big macro level and then zoom into like what our individual characters were doing during the fight and like how that was kind of like turning the tide and shaping the outcome of the battle so fun so like i think there are lots of different ways to think about combat and the more the more you watch other people and participate in games i think it gives you ideas for how you want to run your combat and you and like the thing is is like it is an hour-long encounter in real time and if it goes bad oh well you learn something and you you know like you gain experience every time you do it and this is coming from people with anxiety so yes <laughs> you will survive it we promise you will it'll it'll all be okay i yeah and <laughs> So my piece of advice for this is, you know, find people, there's plenty of actual play content out there. Just watch how the DMs run combat. Like, I think, you know, big names, Matt Mercer, Brendan Lee Mulligan, they're great at running combat, particularly with environment and set pieces. Um, And I also think if you haven't had a chance, listen to NADPOD um, for the combat encounters alone. They're amazing. I think Brian Murphy does an excellent job, and I think there's some really practical advice in there. He does a lot with layer actions in particular, and he very much includes the environment, but it's all theater of the mind, and I think that's a really good example. I know it's kind of weird to say, like, hey, listen to this other big-name podcast, but I think that that's where I get a lot of inspiration for me and my own being like, hey, I'd love to be in this encounter or run this encounter. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think exposure to and practice of is really the best way to learn to do anything. And that is true of running good combat. A cauldron of abilities more overpowered than divine smite. It's Witch's Homebrew. All right, for Witch's Homebrew, we have a cursed, wondrous item called the Bag of Rats. Uh, so D&D Wiki says, The Bag of Rats is a leather bag weighing 15 pounds. It appears to be a bag of holding and functions as such when you attempt to place items within it. The interior is extra dimensional and contains a swarm of rats held in stasis. The curse aspect of this. When you attempt to retrieve an item from the bag, the swarm of rats is released. The swarm appears in a space also occupied by you. All other items placed inside the bag are also disgorged. The bag becomes a non-magical sack. <laughs> Sorry, I tried to make it through that. I hadn't read it before this. <laughs> I knew that that was going to be funny to read and I was right because it made me laugh so hard when I found it. Um, this is phenomenal. Where did you find this? I I was trying to pick a different type of item. Like we've done different things for Witch's Homebrew, and so I was like, we haven't done like a magical item yet, especially a cursed item. And I think cursed items hold a lot of um potential for like fun in the game in a way that is like not necessarily like really detrimental to the players. And this is one of those moments where it's like, this is a bag of holding with rats in it. <laughs> and like I like there's just something so funny about like I'm gonna put this in my bag of holding and then like the instant you go to get anything out all of the stuff just explodes out of your bag and then you're attacked by a bunch of like a, like rats aren't gonna do that much damage to you like there's there's just something about it that is so funny to me that like one I think rats are hilarious anyways but like something about a bag of rats is is just really like chef's kiss to me the the kicker for me in this is that after you get attacked by a swarm of rats. You don't even get a consolation prize of having a bag of holding. It's literally just <laughs> regular bag. I know. 
like I I would love to see this is like one of those like ticking time bomb items where it's like oftentimes with a bag of holding you have it to store a lot of items that you're not using very often and so like things go in but things rarely come out and I love the idea of ha them like players having this bag of holding for like a, a long ass time like a whole campaign and then they finally go on like session 15 to get something out of the bag of holding and that's when the rats attack and then they have all of this stuff and nowhere to put it like that's so funny to me so what you really want is a trap for your players i mean it's it um, yes but also no because it's like i enjoy the hilarity of the bag of rats but i also never put cursed items in my campaign that's true. I have never once cursed a player with a cursed item. So I and and that's just born out of my personal trauma. It's like a a baby D&D player being cursed by so many items. But the bag I think that's something about like the bag of rats appeals to me as a person who does not often put cursed items in their campaign. So I think that says something about it sort of like equitable is a is a weird word to use for a bag of rats, but it it doesn't it doesn't feel unfair. It mostly just feels funny to it's me. It's not like, I, malicious. It, Yes, it is. It is like like in, in a campaign that Olivia and I play in. Um, we have a DM who <laughs> the curse that our bag of holding has on it is that anything that you put in it comes out with a bunch of styrofoam balls stuck to it, <laughs> like beanbag filling. It's amazing. <laughs> and it makes me laugh every time. Like, I love harmless shit like that. Like that. That is so fun. Yeah, it's like the harmless curses that you want to cast on people. Like, may you always have soggy toilet paper. That's not harmless. That's evil. <laughs> okay, fine. Anyway, the real problem with the bag of rats is I can't keep a secret. So if I were to introduce this in my game, <laughs> I would never be able to keep quiet about it. Oh, yeah. The delight. The delight on my face. That would It would just be like, okay, I'm going to open the bag of holding and be like, hee <laughs> 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 Immediately, my players would be suspicious of me. Like, I, I do not have a very good poker face when it comes to, like, me as a DM. Me as an NPC, great poker face. Me as a DM, I will give everything away for free. <laughs> Amazing. Free bag of rats. Get yours today. For sale. Bag of rats never used. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Laurel, episode 10 inspiration. Bring it forth. That was that was a different kind of fanfare. It's clicking. For inspiration this week, um, I this is I hopefully you're okay with me talking about this because it involves you. Oh no. <laughs> oh no! Olivia and I play in a campaign where we play siblings and um siblings who are like in charge of a country. And um that comes with a lot of baggage. And they get along really well and have, like, genuinely heretofore, and how long have we been playing that campaign? Like, two years? Almost? A year and a half. Okay, a year and a half we've been playing this campaign. And they've never gotten into a fight or, like, had a real disagreement. And um, this last session that we played, they got into a big fight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, was, like, it was, like, chilling how serious Olivia and I both were 
Well, like, fully, like, 0% conflict between us as people, but, like, these characters were, like, having it out with, like, all of this pent-up rage and anger that they have towards each other in the situation, and it was, like, I loved it. I love those moments of conflict in D&D where it's, like, I know that this is a safe space for me to express this and to be negative and angry and sad while being able to completely leave that at the table, and so that was, like, one, so much fun for me to have that fight, but to also like very cool to be able to experience that with another person as a player at the table like the synergy is real synergy the thesis of the show <laughs> the thesis of the show thank you dear listener for lending your ears may the stories you tell be grand and humble in equal measure may the characters you meet be brimming with adventure And may the chances you take lead to some natural 20s.